Welcome to a special edition of the Ag Bioscience Podcast. Hi, I'm Mitch Frazier, CEO of Agrinovus Indiana. And today we're digging into a topic that has rapidly become a reality for companies of all sizes this year. It's an issue that has many employers reeling about the future and employees making big moves. We're talking about what's become known as the great resignation, a new wave of resignations across the workforce. Is this a new reality? And are there ways companies and employees alike can navigate this changing employment landscape? Well, today we're going to find out from two experts in the field. We're joined today by author, executive, and friend, Todd Richardson. Todd is CEO of Edge Mentoring, a national young professional mentoring organization headquartered right here in Indiana. And we're delighted to be joined by Bethany Grimmel, Director of Culture and Brand Experience at Bex Hybrids, the nation's largest privately held seed brand. Todd, Bethany, welcome both to the Ag Bioscience Podcast. Great to be here. Hi, Mitch. It's good to be with you this afternoon. Oh, we are going to have some fun together, friends. So, Todd, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you've long held senior people leadership roles at tech companies like Exact Target and Salesforce. You've led people organizations with home builders. You've built a law practice around HR policy. This is your world. Help us understand, set the stage, what's happening today and what's being called the Great Resignation. Yeah, the, the Great Resignation is the catchy name given to the dramatic increase in employees voluntarily quitting their jobs. This past April, a record number of people quit their jobs. The record was then broken again in July and then broken again in August when roughly 4.3 million people quit their jobs. Been a ton of reasons given uh, that are, are varied everything from pandemic relief checks to rent moratoriums to student loan forgiveness to simply a realignment of priorities and this thought that employees can do better. My thought is that all of these factors and then some have come together to cause this increasing exodus of employees and uh, it's it's an ever-changing landscape. It's incredible. Four million was the number you shared. Is that right? Yeah, 4.3 million people in August. So we're expecting, wow. depending on who you believe, uh, that number will likely uh, be repeated in September's numbers released out uh, shortly. Incredible. And Bethany, I, I want to get your perspective here as well. And I, I, eventually we're going to get to what this means for ag bioscience companies and how best we can navigate the sea change. But you too have long held people people leadership roles. You were at Target Corporation, now at Bex. What's different today as it relates to this employee-employer relationship compared to when you began your career at Target? Yeah, you know, I've had um, the really good fortune of, of working for two pretty incredible companies over the last 15 years of my professional career. Um, you know, this COVID pandemic is a natural disruptor for all of us. And um, it's certainly impacted the employer-employee relationship um, in some pretty interesting ways. So employees are really evaluating what they want their work environment, their workplace to look like and to feel like. Um, you know, if their current work environment does not match their desires or their core values and beliefs, they're quickly shifting. Um, it, you know, certainly from my position, um, I care deeply about culture and, and even in you know, today's work environment, I would argue that um, the culture of a company has never been more important than it is now. Um, 
you know, some employees are deeply passionate about not being mandated to be vaccinated. And really a company's culture drives a lot of, you know, what that looks like. Um, some employees have enjoyed working from home remotely 100% of the time and they want to remain in that environment. And then there are some employees that that miss, you know, the office environment and, and people and um, you know, much like Todd said, people are just really evaluating what do I care about, what, what's important to me, and they want to align with a company that shares in those same beliefs, um, whatever they are. So, you know, the other thing that I've really noticed right now is it's really an employee's market. Um, you know, Todd was sharing some statistics and, and some I can share, too, from what I found from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The month of September, you know, there were 10.4 million jobs that were open um, at, during that same month. Um, employers hired just about six and a half million workers and 6.2 million workers left their job, resigned in that same time period. Wow. Um, so, you know, employees are really um, in a market today where they can choose, choose where they work. And it's putting, um, they're kind of in the driver's seat of saying, you know, I want to, I want to find something that aligns with what I care very deeply about. It's an interesting time, Bethany. I mean, it's just, as we look through this evolution, you know, we called it a sea change early on. And I think, I think it's what we're seeing. And Todd, I'd love to go to you and you've, you've spent your career in this space and spent a lot of time now with mentors and mentees. Give us a sense of where we are in this area. Is this trend that, that Bethany just highlighted, is it accelerating, is it decelerating, or have we really reached a point that we'll never get back from? This is, we've reached a point of forever change. Yeah, I think the big thing to really fixate on is employee engagement. Right now, you know, the latest numbers would show that only 36% of employees are engaged in their work. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a hitter in the major leagues, uh, you know, batting 360 is, will get you in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> if you look at overall engagement and as employers that are potentially listening here, if only 36% of your employees are engaged in their work, my guess is their, um, their activities, their production, their customer interactions are not fantastic. So first thing we need to look at is engagement. The second is really focusing on the millennial and even the Gen Z generation. Millennials are making up 75% of the workforce in the next few years. And we need to focus, as Bethany was saying, on what really matters to them some common millennial traits and trends that, that I've been focusing on are they want to be developed as whole people. They view themselves more than just as workers. So personal development is as important to them as professional development. They also expect flexibility as, as Bethany referenced, they want variation and different challenges at work. They expect remote options. COVID has put uh, remote working into hyperdrive. 92% expect to work some part of their week remotely. 80% expect to work three days a week remotely. 80%. That's, uh, that is not something that we were dealing with two years ago, four years ago, six years ago. And for those in this business that, that are engaging with millennials in particular day in and day out, I don't think that's something that goes away. Uh, the last thing I would hit is millennials in particular love their side hustles. They expect to have multiple mm -hmm. jobs. 
So 64% of millennials have a side hustle. That's different than what it was. Uh, I feel like an old person when I say this, but it was different <laughs> growing up. Uh, and what's interesting of those 64% of millennials that have these side hustles, they're making on average about $11,000 a year. So these are significant uh, opportunities for them beyond just their their daily nine to five job, which is really becoming a thing of the past. It's incredible. Now we, you know, we, we have gone through a, a number of data points here, Todd and Bethany, you both have highlighted some really important pieces and Todd, your, your, your view of what's happening in the workforce here is nothing short of astounding. I want to put some, I, I want to bring some sunshine to this conversation. Bethany, there's no company, there's no person that's perfect, but you and Scott signing the team at Bex, you're really weathering this change well. I'd say maybe an anomaly as we look at the overall economy. Help us understand what you've done to really drive what Todd talked about around employee engagement, even to retention. And you're able now to attract really top talent. I appreciate that. You know, there's a team here that, um, is just a really amazing team. So um, it's it's taken that team effort to to get us you know where we are. Um, I think there's two kind of key things that that we've been really uh, blessed with. So first and foremost, you know we are um, and have been considered an essential business because we're in that food and agriculture um, industry. So our doors just simply could not shut down um, during the peak of the pandemic, like many other industries, um, you know, needed to or had to or or, or chose to. Um, secondly, we are owned and operated by a really special family. So uh, the Beck family manage, manages our business with a really long-term perspective, um, which enables us to make strategic decisions that um, may not make sense short-term, but are the right decisions long-term for our customer, uh, for our employees, for our business. And um, so what that enabled us to do during the pandemic is uh, we didn't see a lot of separation, terminations, furloughs. Um, we didn't we didn't have to lose talent. Uh, we weren't forced to um, get to shut down departments or teams or, or locations. And we also chose not to, which is a long term strategic decision because we've worked really hard to recruit and hire awesome people. And you know, tough, when, when times get tough and things get hard, we don't want to lose that talent. Um, and most importantly, our customer needed that talent. Our customer needed those, those individuals. And so um, we worked really hard to retain talent, which, which made, um, made it easier for us to weather this storm um, you know, the other thing I mentioned a little bit about about our culture, um, the Beck family and, and many leaders in this company have built a culture that has been very consistent over the 85 years that this company has uh, has been around. Um, and so the Beck's employees here, we've long aligned with that culture. Um, you know, we our, our beliefs, our values align with that culture. And so when you go through a disrupting environment, um, that creates instability in a lot of places in our lives. At Bex, we had stability. We we stayed the same. You know, we were the same company um, pre-pandemic that we are today. How we operate has evolved, um, as as most companies and most people do during a, a pretty um, disrupting time period. But uh, the core of who we are has stayed the same. 
Um, you know, I tend to describe that difficult times don't um, build character. Uh, difficult times reveal character. And um, I would say that, you know, this difficult season that we've been through, you know, the character of who Bex really is has has been um, magnified, but hasn't been changed. And so um, our employee team, our customer team um, has really gotten behind and supported the, the direction of the company over the last um, year and a half to almost two years now. So powerful, Bethany. I love the idea of it's in tough times where you see where what the metal is, right? What what people are really made of. And Bex is a great example of a company who has weathered the storm well, thanks to your leadership and many others. We're talking with uh, Bethany Grimmel, Director of Culture and Brand Experience at Bex Hybrids, and Todd Richardson, CEO of Edge Mentoring. Todd, I want to come to you. We've talked a little bit here about employee engagement. You literally legitimately, literally wrote the book on employee engagement. It's called Agile Engagement. And for those of you that are close to a computer and not driving, you can find it on Amazon, Agile Engagement. Todd, help me understand this. What What are some of the best practices that companies, whether it was in your book or whether you're seeing now at Edge, what are some of the best practices companies can implement as it relates to engagement and really driving culture? Yeah. Well, first things first, the, the number one thing you can do to drive engagement is seek to understand. Every employer is different. There's no book, uh, my book or others that will give you the, the silver bullet. You, you must seek to understand to get in a sense for what is working, what is not. Trusting your gut will only take you so far. So establish a cadence or a drumbeat around surveying employees. Uh, identify both your strengths and your weaknesses. Next, once you have the data from those surveys, share it with your employees. Let them know what you plan on doing to shore up any weaknesses. Let them know what opportunities you're going to seize upon. And then everyone, and we all need to remember this in both our personal and professional lives, everyone wants to be seen and heard. And conducting employee surveys is a great way to listen to employees and then launch into a plan to improve areas of weaknesses. And as Bethany mentioned, there are a number of companies that have been investing in their culture. They have been working hard on employee engagement for months, years, decades in some cases. What I want to make sure others are hearing, though, is if you haven't made that investment over the decades, the time is now to start. Yeah. Um, but to you know, uh, put your head in the sand and to adopt a, I'll just wait until all this craziness ends approach is not going to serve you well. So start by seeking to understand, build out your strategy and go from there. Yeah, so good. It's go, go, right? Go. If you haven't done it, go jump in and get going. And Bethany, you have you have a great analogy. I love, I love your view when it comes to culture and it comes to engagement. You talk about a marathon and uh, I, I really helped put it in clarity for me of the role of culture and organization. So I wanted, I wanted to, maybe if you would sort of unpack this marathon sort of uh, analogy you have around culture. And then if you could maybe share with us a comparison between what's actually happening at Bex and sort of what you've been working on over time. 
Yes. You know, um, I am not a runner. So the good Lord blessed me with bones <laughs> made of wood. Um, so when I run, the earth shakes. It is not, it's not pretty. So, but if I did want to run a marathon tomorrow, um, it would be really difficult to do. Um, and quite frankly, it'd be difficult for me to be successful at. Um, I haven't trained. I'm not conditioned. You know, it's not a skill set that I've honed ever in my life. Um, and so to just up and do it tomorrow, it's probably not going to be very successful. Um, and I think that the same is true, you know, for culture. So creating a culture that's really special doesn't just happen overnight. Um, you know, creating that very unique culture, it really starts with the condition of the hearts of your leaders and, um, you know, the beliefs that your leaders have um, you know, deep in their core will translate to actions and those actions create that culture. And, you know, all of that takes time, that whole circle, selecting the right people and establishing a common, um, you know, kind of belief system and, and then turning those beliefs into actions. Um, it takes time to do that. No different than it would to prepare to run a marathon and be successful at it. Um, you know, it's funny. I, we actually had a, a, a story come in this morning um, that was very timely for this podcast. So uh, one of our customers, his granddaughter passed away very sudden. She was a, an infant, a newborn twin, and um, the twins were doing okay. Uh, and all of a sudden, one took a turn and, and they lost their granddaughter. And this individual, this customer um, contacted Bex and said, you know, I just want you to know that, that my seed rep, um, we weren't done with harvest, and my seed rep and another uh, one of our, of, of our Bex dealers um, came and brought semis and grain carts and combines and they finished my harvest. You know, they, they helped me um, get through my harvest. And that, that just came through here this morning. And you think about it, you know, our, our employee is just the seed guy, right? You know, um, and, and, and that employee did not do that for accolades. Um, he was a part of, you know, receiving this story. And he said, you know, that, that customer would have done anything for me. Um, and in the drop of a hat, they would have done anything for me. It was a no brainer to just go help them, um, you know, wrap up their harvest. And that's, that's, that happens because at the very top of this organization, um, our leadership demonstrates those exact same behaviors. The Beck family, our leadership team, um, and many other leaders in this company, you know, do that exact same thing for for others. And then it, it the ripple effect is that it it goes all the way down to our customers. Um, I want to share another story with you. So we had the opportunity to be with. Um, another very accomplished author and leader. His name is Peter Greer. Um, he is the CEO and president of uh, Hope International. Um, and he's the author of the book, Mission Drift. It's a book that talks a lot about staying true to who you are as a company, especially as you go through you know, multiple succession plans or multiple generations. So something very appropriate for Bex Hybrids. Um, he shared with us a story a couple of weeks ago. And I'm going to try to do his story justice by retelling that to you. Um, to me, this story really defines culture and it kind of takes Bex out of out of the middle of things. But uh, Peter was traveling internationally for a really large fundraising opportunity um, for Hope International. So a big meeting, a big opportunity. The first leg of his trip was a domestic trip. So he went from point A to point B within the United States. And uh, he got to his, his layover destination and he suddenly realized when I made my first leg of my trip, I only used my driver's license and I don't have my passport to get out of the United States 
the next morning. He had a red eye the next morning and he had no passport. It was um, evening by the time he realized this. He was flying Delta. And so he started down the path of figuring out how do I get uh, Delta to help me get through this situation? He tried every angle. You know, can we FaceTime and just look at my passport? Can we make a copy, fax it, text it? Um, can we do like a round trip quick in and out for my wife to just bring me the passport? And none of those solutions uh, came to fruition. None of them were going to help him get his passport by the time he needed it Monday or the next morning. Um, so at just on a whim, he said, you know, Southwest is a pretty unique company. Um, maybe they can help me out. He kind of got creative. He contacted Southwest. He said, here's the deal. Um, I'm stuck and I need my passport. Is there any way my wife can bring the passport uh, to our local um, uh, airport? And can you guys bring it to me here um, in the United States at a different location? And uh, Southwest said, yeah, you bet. We'll be glad to help you. So his wife, he tells his story. His wife showed up at the air, airport um, on a flight that was getting ready to leave to go to where he was at. Uh, they escort her through the, the um, airport terminal. You know, they're all running just as the gate is about to shut down. And, you know, the um, Southwest staff, they're cheering her on <laughs> as she takes his, air, his passport uh, to a flight attendant. And uh, in an envelope, the flight attendant takes the passport, jumps on her plane, lands at the layover destination where Peter is at, gives the passport to um, another Southwest employee that is supposed to take it to their customer service um, you know, um, counter for Peter to pick up the next morning. He shows up at the airport the next morning, you know, hoping and praying that this passport actually made it. Uh, walks in, they have it, it's in an envelope. He's got his passport to fly the Delta flight to his international destination. Um, you know, Southwest had nothing to gain from this story. Um, they just knew somebody needed help. And Peter tells the story, you know, I'm forever a Southwest fan today. That's unique and that's special. And that's not textbook. That is a, a special culture that creates fans, you know, of the organization. So to me, that's that's what that's what companies should be looking at and focused on right now, um, more than ever. And that's what employees are looking for: is what it, what kind of environment aligns with yeah. what I care so deeply about. So inspiring, Bethany. Inspiring, and I think we all aspire to be those two companies. Yeah. Bex, in the case of uh, the, the seed rep, which is just incredible, and then Southwest. What a great story. What a great story. And Todd and Bethany, I want to make one more final, final question here for you both. And same question to both of you. Todd, you can get us started. Ag bioscience companies, we have leaders, we have academics, we have lots of folks, entrepreneurs listening to this podcast. What's one piece of advice that they could go do today to really focus on navigating the great resignation? Yeah. Well, like I love that story, Bethany. I'm, uh, this will be a captain obvious statement of the day, but have a plan. Southwest Airlines has a plan around culture and around engagement, and it shines in stories like the one Bethany just told. You know, how will you attract talent? What is your plan? How are you re-recruiting existing employees? What's your plan? What are you doing to listen to your employees and then react to opportunities that they present? All of those things need to get wrapped up into your plan. And I would, I would kind of underscore it all with be thinking about what your value proposition is. We think about value propositions in all other areas of our business, 
we're in a talent war right now and people are leaving by the millions. And if you are not thinking about what your value proposition is to attract and then to retain, you're going to be left out. You're going to lose this game. 2022 is setting up to be a real challenge for employers. And it's important that we all have plans uh, and strategies and that we don't, again, kind of put our heads in the sands on this. Really powerful. Bethany, how advice on navigating great resignation? You know, um, I, I mentioned earlier that difficult times tend to reveal character. And so I think, you know, as an organization, just really understanding what your character is of, of, of the organization and then staying true to that. Um, because they're, the times that we're, that we're in right now, um, you know, they're disruptive and, um, you know, the organization that can create stability and clarity of who they are will attract and retain people that, that align with that. Um, very much what Todd said around, you know, core values and um, not only understanding those, hiring to those. And, and that's what will create um, attracting really good talent and then retaining that really good talent as well. So. Thanks for this opportunity to share. It's been a lot of fun, Mitch. Such an incredible, such incredible story, Bethany. Thank you so much. Bethany Grimmel, Director of Culture and Brand Experience at Bex Hybrids, Todd Richardson, CEO of Edge Mentoring and author of the book, Agile Engagement. Thank you both for investing the time to spend with us and helping leaders at every level navigate this great resignation. I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Thank you both. Thanks, Mitch. And as always, if you want to learn more about Indiana's ag bioscience economy, visit us online at agronovisindiana.com. That's agronovisindiana.com. And on behalf of the entire Agronovis team, thank you for joining us. Together, we will make Indiana the epicenter of ag bioscience innovation. This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick and produced by Kayla Chittister and Joe Ullery. More people get Indiana business news from Inside Indiana Business than any other source.